Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Our guest today is Glenda McLeod. Glenda is a psychic, medium, spiritual advisor, and ordained minister with the Universal Brotherhood Spiritualist Church in British Columbia, Canada. She has been teaching mediumship for over 20 years, holds a master's certificate in Reiki, life coaching, and counseling. Glenda runs the Sunshine Coast Spiritualist Center, providing spiritual connections through mediumship, meditation, workshops, wedding ceremonies, memorial services, and more. She has been teaching and doing public demonstrations of mediumship for many years, bridging the gap between the two worlds. Glenda says, I am honored to have taken my vows to work for spirit and my fellow man. You can find out more about Glenda on her Facebook page, which is Spiritual Connections with Glenda McLeod, or her website, www.spiritualconnectionswithglendamcleod.com. Glenda, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for inviting me. I'm Very excited. exciting. I'm excited to talk to you. It's been many years since we laid eyes on each other face-to-face. I think it was Banyan Retreat, wasn't it, in the U.K.? It certainly was. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing adventure. I'll tell you something I will never forget. Oh, it's very, very special. Well, you are coming to us from your home in British Columbia, I gather. Yeah, I live on the Sunshine Coast, which is about a 40-minute ferry ride from Vancouver. And it's just about a population of 30,000 people and no big box stores. It's just ocean and eagles and whales and dolphins, just a a natural beauty, a a wonderful place to meditate and, and get back to self. That's really so come nice. on over. <laughs> I, lo- I love the name Sunshine Coast. I can just visualize yeah, it. Yeah, it's nice here. Yeah, and with everything that's going on with the um, epidemic, how are things going on with you? Where you're, are you cooped up in your home, I'm assuming, like the rest of us? You know, uh, my husband and I, we have this community. The Sunshine Coast is all about community. And it's a very small place. Everyone watches out for each other. It's amazing how this mindset has encouraged people to step up. And, you know, we go around here to the hospitals, which I know you do too, and we... we Instead of, you know how in some of the places they're out clapping their hands and banging their pants, but we're not that close together. So there's more drumming and howling and those those sorts of things to encourage those on, you know, the essential workers that are putting themselves out there every single day. And we check on each other. We help each other. If somebody needs something, we have a network going on. It's beautiful to see how this has encouraged us to come together as as a community. Absolutely. I hope that's happening for you there as well. Uh, Yes and no. I'm I'm at my mom's house and we don't, because we have our day job of catering for the race car teams, we still do that. Um, She really hasn't gotten to know 
too many people in her own community and in their neighborhood. And so it's very quiet where we are. You know, we'll see a neighbor when they bring the trash can back in and say hello and a few friendly words, but it's normally a busy street and there's nobody. So while I'll give a smile to anybody going past and everything, it's just a little different. So we just support people in other ways. And uh, as you probably know, we started doing an online church service just this past Sunday, you know, um, what can we do from the privacy of our homes? And so I think most of the support is uh, directed through the internet. And then also I'm having just a great time with my mom. We really are. She's going on 78 and she's my best friend. And I feel so gr- grateful that we have more time together. So that's kind of my world. I think that's beautiful. It's 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 really beautiful. You know, you're talking about your mom and uh, my mom's 89 and we just had to put her in the hospital a couple uh, days ago. Oh. So I think the most difficult part, and it could be for other people too, is you think that you have to do this physical and social distancing, which you do, but it's not only for people that have contacted a virus. We have our loved ones that are actually in hospital or people that are passing, and we can't we can't visit them. We can't call them. So it's you know, knowing that you have this belief inside that you have an understanding of what's going on on a higher level, on a higher consciousness, a super consciousness, that you can actually reach them through your healing because, you know, as as you know and you've learned that there's no such thing as uh, space-time distance when you work with the energy and you can surround them and be there for them in a different way than we have been able to do in the past. And isn't it wonderful that we've had that teaching and that teaching's available to us? And I know I was mentioning to you a little bit earlier that this is a very special day to be connecting because today is the anniversary of spiritualism, modern spiritualism, that is. You know, it started back in March 31st, 1848. So we're 172 years in into the modern spiritualism. It's a very exciting day today, so I feel extra blessed to be able to have this conversation with you. So thank you. You're so welcome. Do you want to mention anything else about modern spiritualism? Because some people might not be familiar. Oh, sure. Uh, There's lots about modern spiritualism. And, you know, if you go into the media, multimedia, Facebook, anything, you look up modern spiritualism, you'll see it on many platforms today. You'll see many things about modern spiritualism. So what has happened in the past is that what we know of, what's been written, is that spiritualism always was a channeling or it was a, a gift that came through the medium from a higher uh, a, a higher spirit or somebody that had passed into the spirit world because we know there's no such thing as death, that there's a continuation of life after death. So, But it was always a channeling. It was always done in little home circles where they would get uh, little messages from the spirit world. And this was very particular and very special on this day because on the eve of March 30th, 
There was Andrew Jackson Davies, and you can look him up as well because he's one of our forefathers because we say we stand on the shoulders of giants. And we have a lot of forefathers that built us up to where we are now that have sacrificed so much to get us to where we are now. So Andrew Jackson Davis, on the eve of modern spiritualism, he went to sleep, and before he went to sleep, there was a whispering in his ear from the spirit, and he said, you can rest now because the good works have begun. And the very next day, the next morning, became the Knox from Hydesville, New York, where the the Fox sisters, and I invite your listeners to look up the story of the Fox sisters in Hydesville, New York. It's very famous. There's a lot written about it. And this was the beginning of a two-way communication between the spirit world and and, and us. And it was, it was a proven. Now we came from a place of maybe... Maybe there's something beyond now. Maybe there is a continuation of life, but we don't know. You know, there's so many people that wonder, uh, is this the end? Is there anything after this? And how come we haven't the proof? But my goodness, there's such an intelligence in the spirit world that when we're ready to receive that information, how they began in these little humble beginnings of the family of the Fox family in Hydesville, New York, just with banging and knockings, and it was through the children. It was through the children, which was Margaret and Katie. And then the awakening of the family and the frightening that they found. But, you know, children are different, right? Mm -hmm. Children are so open and, and receiving and one of the sisters made this code, and, and she said, well, can you do this? They named him, I think it was Lickety, Lickety, Lickety Split, or, or some, some strange name they named it, because they didn't know his name. But anyway, they, they said, can you do this? And they would knock or dance, and they would hear the sound come back exactly the same. And that's when they first devised that code, like one knock for A, two knocks for B, C, and that's how they started this little code with uh, the alphabet. And then through tedious, think how tedious it would be when you had to go through it that way. They found out that he was a peddler named Charles B. Rosna that had been selling his wares to those people that lived in this house before the Fox family. And the person had stolen his money and murdered him and buried him in the basement. And he wanted people to know his story and where he was. And this is how it began. But nobody believed them, and nobody could find anything in the basement. And it wasn't until five years later when they started breaking through the foundation of the house that they found the remains of Charles B. Rosna, the peddler. Uh So they knew that they came from a place of belief to knowing that this is an absolute truth, that there is evidence of life beyond death. So it was our beginning of modern spiritualism, they call it. Because you're an expert on this, Glenda, would you mind, I know we can't go through 172 years in an hour, but, <laughs> but from, from that, um, I, I guess what I'm asking is if you can just talk a little bit about how it's progressed, because it's gone from my understanding from these home circles, and then the day came that it went to evidential mediumship, people going to mediums. Can you just share a little bit about kind of the evolution of it, if you don't mind? Uh, I will keep it brief as I can from all my recollections here is from there, you know, the, the great, um, 
The great upsurge of mediumship, of course, was when they had the war, and it was the post-war era, because people were more apt to want to know what happened to their loved ones and where they were, because there was, you know, you couldn't call them. There, you had no idea with all these people that went off to war. So it was quite an interesting um, part of our 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 story in the home circles. I, I'd actually like to bring it around to Helen Duncan. Okay. And Helen Duncan was actually called the last witch of Scotland. So what had happened with spiritualism is because humankind has always communicated with the spirit world, receiving guidance and love in various forms. And it was loosely or intensely part of their everyday life, depending on their belief system. It was only when modern spiritualism was born that it became a focal, focal issue in its own right. And some of this information comes from a wonderful gentleman called Len Loban, who put it in a nutshell for us and sent it off to us so we could have it in a nutshell form because he wants to, and God bless us, so he's in, in the spirit world now, but he was a, a wonderful teacher with Eileen Davies as well. Some of the names may be, some people will recognize and some people won't recognize. But it just so happened that um, Helen Duncan, she was a brilliant medium, and she would be the physical medium as well, uh, like Scott was a phys- is a physical medium. And she would hold, and in those times, maybe maybe five pence or something like that for people to get in. And that's how she brought extra money into her house. Just a little housewife, just trying to do her best to share the love of, of spirit. And she would sit in the room and spirit, there would be the ectoplasm would manifest itself in such a form that the people in the spirit world would actually become solid form and walk around and talk to their loved ones. And she brought through a gentleman that was in the Navy in the war, and he passed, and she had the name of his ship in the day that he passed. Now, the government was very upset about this, and, and this was in Britain, of course. The government was upset about this because it was hush-hush, and they thought that she may have been a spy because nobody knew that information, you see. So they put her in jail. They arrested her and put her in jail. And there's a huge story to that, and you can look that up on the media as well because it's a very interesting story how that all took place. And uh, she was actually quite injured because of the setup when she was in trance, and they stood up to arrest her, and the ectoplasm went into her stomach in, in such a place that it burned her quite badly. But she was imprisoned, and they couldn't disprove what she was saying. They couldn't disprove it. And all those spiritualists in in England came together for her trials because they wanted to discredit her, but they couldn't discredit her. Then they started the, the union to bring money together to help pay for her lawyers, to help pay for the court fees. And uh, she did get exonerated. Um, it wasn't for years later. She uh, unfortunately ended up passing from the injuries of uh, of what happened to her. But here we are having once again in, in, in our lives, having to prove, which is what all our forefathers did, and they sacrificed so much, it had to prove that what we were doing was not uh, fraudulent. 
They came up with the Fraudulent Mediums Act when Helen Duncan, which just got changed around, you know, the Witches Act got changed to the Fraudulent Mediums Act, I think it was 1957. So they've incorporated that Witches Act for many, many years, and uh, it took a long time that we could stand up and we could be strong in who we are and strong in our truth, and it uh, it hasn't come easy. It has come through many sacrifices and many experiments. You know, they have the uh, Psychical Society that was put together who unbiasedly did experiments in all the mediums mm-hmm. to see if they could disprove it. And it was those that could not disprove it which became our greatest advocates, you know. Uh, and look at Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> you know, a lot of these people, because they lost their children in the war, went out to seek mediums. And because they got the evidence, the most magical, beautiful evidence, beyond a doubt that that was their children alive, coming to them and speaking to them. You know, Field Marshal doubting how he had the soldiers coming back. There's so many stories. We have such a rich history in spiritualism. We have so much proof that it's without a doubt that you can, you, you can go into investigation, and I invite anybody with an analytical mind to go into investigation because that's the way to prove it to yourself. Some of these things are beyond our wildest imagination, our wildest dreams. And I have to have proof because I have to stand on my solid ground and I have to be unwavering in what I do. And by golly, I've gotten proof beyond proof beyond proof. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? It it really is. I think to our skeptical minds, it's even hearing about ectoplasm. I didn't even want to say that word for years. Uh, but I came to find out because I thought it was from Ghostbusters, but really Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, who wrote Ghostbusters, his family were spiritualists and they would have these seances and people would materialize. And he grew, I mean, he grew up hearing about this. He's a full believer. And if, and if this is new to anyone listening right now, our last interview, 332, was with a gentleman named Darren Wynn. And he's a circle leader for Scott Milligan and the Austin Wish Circle. And it's about his introduction into this. And I invite any skeptic to just listen to his story and what he's experienced and how it came about. And it'll give you a little bit more of a story about what what physical mediumship is. But yeah, it's something you have to really experience to believe because it is very, very hard for the mind to get that some of this could be real. You know, and and I think I was one of the biggest skeptics. Uh, I was very fortunate um, in my youth to have my grandmother uh, Mm -hmm. that was very intuitive on my father's side. Uh, We were brought up in a Catholic family, and of course, everybody else was wrong. You you know what I mean, that you had to be focused on on Catholicism. Same thing here from over here, so I know just what you're speaking. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, you know, she she used to take me aside and she'd say, you know, she says, you're special, you're different, but you're not allowed to talk about it, she'd say, because people will look at you differently. (laughs) And she started teaching me and teaching me about dreams. It's things that she would never talk about because if you talked about it in the church, you were you were talking to the devil. And uh, people would just... uh, you you would actually not be welcome at all 
And so it was a, quite an interest, interesting time. And I'm going back to the early 1960s with this. So it was not until my grandmother passed that um, things started really uh, changing for me uh, as spiritually, you know, growing spiritually, growing uh, within my mental mediumship because I really wasn't sure where I was to be without her support. It was a a big, frightening world out there, and there wasn't a lot of support for us out there at that time. But, you know, there's this intelligence, and if you have this soul's calling, once you have the igniting of the soul, and you follow that, you know you're going in the right direction, and there is a team of people behind you. Sandra, and what you're doing, do you not think that there is a team of people behind you orchestrating all this so you could bring out this information to the masses? Because once people hear the story, that you, it's not, you don't have to go go to these churches. It's not through doctrine and creed. We all go to the same place. We all are going into the spirit world, but we we're all will continue, and we're all our own judges. It's, it's not... It's, if you were to read the Arthur Finley trilogy, please, if anybody can get a hold of those books and read them, you know, those three books will give you the firm foundation of where everything began with relig- in regards to how it was religion and how religion, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking religion. Everybody needs, you know, live and let live where you are, you need to be. But I'll tell you that there was a lot of manipulation, and I think that can't be argued in any in any religion. Mm-hmm. But this is actually done unbiasedly. The Arthur Friendly trilogy, the um, the edge of the etheric, the unfolding universe, the rock of truth. If you could read those three books, you'd get a firm foundation and zoom you forward into your into your movement forward into your understanding of spirit and energy and physics and how all this is possible. And I believe everybody is, well, we all know we're all spirit, but is everybody a medium? No. Is everybody is psychic? Yeah, because we're spirit. And what disciplines you can use and can't use. So it was very interesting how I was moved forward into the movement. And it's almost like you're pushed. And if you don't move forward, it's like some part of you is missing and there is an intelligence that will work it so that where you're supposed to be you're gently maneuvered and manipulated into this area <laughs> i know what you're talking about <laughs> it, it, it's just magical and i know that once i started coming into my own and coming into my power that I was able to put myself out there. And I know without a doubt that I had to be ready in a very special way because there were so many people that need help in this world. And there's so many people that need that proof in this world. And I've been doing this work for a very, very long time. But it doesn't matter what how much you know or what you believe. When we lose somebody in our life, 
especially like I know you're empathic. I know that most of us are empathic here, or you wouldn't be listening to these stories, or you wouldn't be tuning into these stories. Even that you are empathic, that things hurt you, you feel things more deeply, you're more susceptible to the energies of others, you'll be walking around not knowing why you're feeling off one day when you really shouldn't be off one day, and then you'll find you're in a space where people are off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we're more empathic. And I know, you know, in your book there, and you're talking about your father, Well, it's very interesting because I was very sad my father would never come to any of my services. You know, nature was his church. And I said, well, I think we're on the same page there, Dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But he said, I want you to talk to me now. Don't talk to me later. So that was very disappointing. And uh, when I retired, I think it was 2013, I went on my... My dream cruise, it was, you know, on my bucket list to go to Bora Bora. Nice. And we were out on this uh, 31-day cruise. And I was out uh, just as a precursor, I I digress a moment, just my husband was very involved with hospice. And there's a little children's book out there that's called Water Bugs and Dragonflies. Mm -hmm. And the dragonflies tell uh, are the symbol of spirit, the water bug going up the reed above the water and turning into a magnificent uh, dragonfly. So the dragonfly became one of my power symbols. So now we're on this cruise. We're on the 11th floor balcony in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And, uh, you know, my father, you know, he's he's at home. He's fine. And uh, I wake up singing this song that my father and I always sang together. It's called The Streets of Laredo. And, you know, I'm a young cowboy, and I know I must die. And I woke up singing, and I says, Ben. And I looked out the window in the balcony, and there was a dragonfly. And it was there for about five minutes. I said, are you getting this? And he says, yep. And I says, I really need to connect home. I says, I don't know when Dad passed, but he's here letting me know he's gone. And he wasn't even sick when I left. (laughs) So I, I did connect, which on the boat, you know, in the middle of the ocean was mm-hmm. like $350 later. <laughs> yes. And they said, yes, he did pass away. We didn't want to tell you. Oh. He had, he got uh, he got a cut or a, a little surgery, and uh, he got septic from it. He got one of the MRSAs from the hospital and became septic and died. So that was, you know, I think I lost a whole week. You know, just in my room, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. So, so it does hit you harder. Everybody, everybody feels differently about depending on the, your relationship with who passes. So that was very interesting because I never really got to say my goodbyes, and uh, even though I knew what I knew, but I'll tell you to this day, the best advocate that I have in the spirit world is my father. Really, he will go and run and get people. What do you mean? He will, in the spirit world, if if I have somebody sitting here, mm-hmm. he will he will go and he will help me. He will go and say, "Oh, you want to speak to your?" They will set up these meetings on my one-on-one readings. He will go and bring these people. I'll I'll bring you in. I'll show you how to do this. That is so, <laughs> so nice. He has been absolutely amazing to me. I I know when um, my daughter went up to see him. 
uh, we buried him up in Clinton where he lived, which is about a seven-hour drive up north in Vancouver. And it's just like a three-block town. And I had to go up and, and bury. I did his funeral and uh, did the burial up there. And, uh, you know, you have to wait a year before you put the, the headstone on because everything has to settle. But my daughter wanted to go see him. So she phoned me and she says, Mom, I can't find him. I don't know where he is. I says, well, you have to go up to this certain graveyard. And and she was with two other people. And she's, and uh, anyway, I says, just look for the one that's a little bit raw. And so they park up at the graveyard and she phones me back with a video. Sandra, it wasn't one. It wasn't two. It was hundreds of dragonflies, just like a rainbow from their car right over to his gravesite. Oh, my gosh. And they were dancing. And they showed me the video. It was quiet there. They were dancing in between the dragonflies because they knew my story. And I thought, that is just so special. It is just so special. So people need to hear the hope messages. They need to hear the... um the messages that are are real, that are these people are can they manipulate energy? It's, it's all about physics. You're darn right they can manipulate energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't read for a while because I had to still process the grieving process. And when I was ready to to read again, I was going to have a big dinner party with the other minister and some friends from from my church. And uh, we were having a dinner party, and I went into my spirit room. I always have a dedicated room where I meet with my people. And uh, I was in my spirit room, and Tony Stockwell had a meditation that you can astral travel to the spirit world and meet your family. And I thought, oh, I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I sat in my room. I put on this this CD, and I I went into this deep meditation, and I saw my father in the wheat fields of Mandara, Alberta, where our family, the family farm used to be, and they're wheat farmers, and the golden shafts of wheat. And there was my dad looking fantastic, so so handsome and young. And then I looked, and there was my grandmother, grandfather, my aunt, my cousins, and, and all the family was there. And he had his hands on his hips, and he looked at me, and he said, Are you happy now? He said, Go and live your life. <laughs> he said, You're going to be up here soon enough. And uh, and I came back and, and I thought, oh, isn't that wonderful? And even knowing what I know, I still said to myself, but my brain needed that. Mm-hmm. So it conjured that up for comfort. Mm-hmm. But it was pleasant. And I went out and then people came for the dinner and the other minister um we were sitting around the table. She says, oh, I have something for you. I got out of the shower, and there was an apport on my table. She said, I don't know how it got there. And an apport is something that um, uh, the spirit world can take from one place and put into another place, like a flower or a dime or something like mm-hmm. that. They don't just materialize it, but it can, they can take it and bring it from one place to another. So there was this apport on the table, she says, and she hands me this envelope. I said, oh, okay. She said, they told me that you, this, you needed, it needed to be done this way, that you would understand what it meant. And so I tears off the, the envelope and I dumps it on the table and out falls a shaft of wheat. Oh, my goodness. 
And I still have, I have these things in my room where I do my readings all the time. So, you know, I know, do I believe that I went up to the spirit world? I can't say that I believe that in my whole heart. But do I believe that I'm comforted and supported by the spirit world? Absolutely. You know, there is no doubt in my mind. And I always, I always thought that I would love to hear the spirit world speaking to me through direct voice. That mm-hmm. would be the end all. Like I've, I've almost got everything on my bucket list that I have experienced except direct voice. Do you want to explain what that is? Direct voice is when your family member can speak to you in the room from a voice box, from. Um, well, if you were to speak through an amplifier, how, and that's what they do. They're, they take the ectoplasm, uh, which is the materials from the sitter, and then they and there has to be a physical medium present. And then the spirit world has their own concoction, and they put it together and they make this voice box or an amplifier, and it's invisible that the spirit world can put their mouth over it, and it's like an amplifier into our world, so they can talk into it, and we can hear the voice. But you don't see it. You just hear it. So the medium can be talking to you like we're talking, and then your your family member will come and say hello to you and start talking to you just, it seems, out of nowhere in the air. And it's just the most exciting thing that you could ever imagine to happen. I know I was in Maui with my, my friends, um, not too long ago, and I had a um, they, a gentleman came over who was the manager of this complex, and he said, "I hear you're a medium," and I really don't like that because when I'm having my own time, I like to have my own time. Right. But I said, "Yeah," I says, "I am." He says, "Well," he says, "I get things too," and he says, "Honest to God, I do." And he crossed himself and he says, "You know, I, I don't make things up." And I said, "He said I do, and my my sweet things go flying around the room and that and." And he was not a medium. He he had no training, nothing like that. He was just a natural. So I said, when can I come over? Mm-hmm. So I went over to his place, just me and him. And the night before I went over, his daughter came to me, and she gave me some information to give to him. And uh, I went over there, and I says, um, I've got some message from your daughter. I said, okay, if I let you know. And he goes, nope. Don't want to hear about it. Ooh. I said, oh, okay. And he says, but let's listen to this. So he turns on, you know, you know what EVP is, electronic voice mm-hmm. phenomena? Well, he had on the, like a two-way radio. And most people, if you get it, you'll hear, and all this, this noise, and you'll, they put little words together. And uh, so he turns this thing on. And I'll tell you, there was none of that screeching, none of that, any any noise in the background. He goes, hello, friends. He said, do you know who I have here today? They said, yes, it's Glenda. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, my gosh. And he was speaking to the spirit world through this box who was speaking back information. And because we both connected with loved ones and because they were mm-hmm. both giving us clear as a bell information from the spirit world and proof that they were talking through this box, I spoke to my father. And and then I looked at him after and I says, okay, now can I give you a message? I, I said it to the box. I says, would you let your father 
know if it's okay for me to give the message you gave to him. Mm-hmm. And so she said through the box, yes. And so he said, okay. So I gave him the message and he just started crying, which was a huge he- healing for him. But it was also a healing for me. So it's always a two-way street, that from spirit through spirit to spirit, you know, and that's the blessing of mediumship is you always get touched by the love of the spirit. It's magic. It's that's, really that's magic. That's a magical story, Glenda, just that you happened to be in Maui and that you met him and then you had that experience. Now, do you think there's not an intelligence that orchestrates all these things? Right. You know, and and even in these times, there is an intelligence that sometimes we just have to ride the wave. Sometimes we just have to ride the wave because there is so much more than we'll ever know. But at the same time, if we can look at it from a different perspective of, of how this one thing that maybe is trying to destroy us is going to be the one thing that is going to bring us together. It's going to move mountains. It's going to change people's souls. It's going to ignite the compassion and messages of hope within them. And I think we're going to see a different world from this moment forward. And what beauty is that? Because it's not anything to do with the spirit world that has created this. It's humanity that Mm -hmm. has created this. And you know that they are working so hard with us. And I'm sure they keep banging their head on the wall, (laughs) thinking, oh, my goodness, are they ever going to get it? (laughs) I know, I know. Glenda, you had talked about the Great War and the birth of modern spiritualism. Mm Mm-hmm. It just made me think that there's a different kind of great war going on Mm. right now with the pandemic. And what, from a spiritualist side, do you think might arise or a need in this world now and when this is done with? Because obviously this is taking a lot of lives. You know, Sandra, one of my teachers, and and I know this may not be the answer you're looking for, but um, if you haven't heard about um, the legacy of Gordon Higgison Mm -hmm. and the five mediums that he put under his wing, which was Simon James, Glenn Edwards, Paul Jacobs, Mavis Patilla, and Eileen Davies. And I went to train with all of them. Now um, I've just got um, Paul Jacobs in September, but Mavis Patilla, I don't know. If you haven't heard her latest um, inspirational talk in these times, I will give you a link to it and send it to you. Yes. She says that everybody is trying to link up with the spirit world to find out this information, exactly what you're asking. And she says that they're not getting they're not getting the answers. Spirit's not telling them the answers. This is, has to come like it's an inside job. Everybody has to do their own work, their own inside job. It's a matter of sitting and and connecting to your soul and reconnection and reigniting 
that that light within everybody. It's about tuning in to what you're learning from this, to what your experience is with this. And we know that with the technology that this is a very different type of war. And we can all have our own opinions. We can all have our own perspectives on this because there are people that are going to be hurting. There are people that are, are, are fearful because they're so bound in materialistic uh, out, outpouring views that they haven't had a chance to, to, to sit in who they are. There is such a power. If, if, if people could look into their soul, if people could close their eyes and look into, you imagine the purest love that you can imagine. And this is your soul. And we know that the soul is connected to your spirit. And your spirit is the guardian of your soul. And that spirit is connected to the creation of all things. We're part of everything. We touch each other in so many ways that what one one person thinks has a ripple effect to another. And I believe in my heart and soul that we can change the collective consciousness of of humanity. I truly believe that if we can get enough people to connect to the ignition of that soul, because once that's ignited, you can't you can't change that. It puts you it puts you on. It's like a momentum. It's like you move forward and you start to discover things that you've never discovered before. You start to have gratitude about things you never discovered before. Now people will look and say. Look at the beauty in the flowers. Like when you're stuck in your home and you can't see this because you're so busy in your lives, now you have the opportunity to actually see the creation. You actually have the opportunity to get in touch with who you are and how powerful you are as a human being and how together we can make such a difference. You know, and, and it's not only us, it's our family in the spirit world. It's knowing that. This is just part of our journey in eternity. This, and, and what kind of a legacy do you want to leave? Do you want to be so busy that you don't notice how beautiful that everything is around us? Like, I think this is going to be like the phoenix. There's going to be a crashing and then the rising. And I truly wish that for everybody. I wish everybody takes that moment. If they can write down one word every morning what they're grateful for, I don't care if it's, I can breathe today. You know, mm-hmm. one thing, it will start to change the mindset. If one word and it builds. You know, I, I truly believe that in my heart. But that's, of course, my opinion. Well, it's a great opinion. And definitely, if you could send me the link to... Uh, Mavis's audio. And then for anyone listening right now, if you're on YouTube or wherever you're digesting this, just in the description of the episode, I'll have that link for you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. What else can we do to ignite our soul? I like that gratitude practice. Sometimes when I'm in a real funk, to be honest with you, Glenda, I sit down with a piece of paper and I just start writing as much as I can think of that I'm grateful for. And then all of a sudden there's that shift with inside me. So that's a good right. tool as well. Right. So what was your question? Oh, just what to ignite our soul, to quiet our mind, to look into that pure love. Just if there's a little helpful hint you could give us that after we're done with this, that somebody can take some quiet time to do. Do you have any advice? 
Well, I want to remind you that your ego is always trying to fight you. You know, the the ego side of, of the humanity is always trying to fight you. And you've got such an active brain, but your brain has been conditioned. It's been conditioned by learning, by media, by by things that it has brought with it into this world from past generations, you know, the DNA, all that sort of thing. But you have a mind, you know, the mind connected in within the brain. So if you can, uh, for me, there's there seems to be within humanity a catalyst. Now, the catalyst can be on a very personal level, which will give you a crossroads. And with that crossroads, it's our choice. It's, it's the natural law of cause and effect. It's our choice where we want to go in that crossroads. You know, we can, we can go into a place of bitterness and victim, or we can go into a place and, and rise above and kind of detach from from that and take a look at it from a different perspective. Sometimes I think there's such a such an intelligence that sometimes the catalyst has to be on a global scale. So if we have a catalyst on a global scale that will put you at a crossroads that will say what do you want to buy into? What do you want to believe? Do you want to believe that there is an uh, this is the end of the world this is or do you want to believe that this is the beginning of a new world you can buy into whatever you choose to buy into and we all know that fear is you're always looking into a place you shouldn't be which is tomorrow and and, and the ego has a has a sense to go into the worst case scenario but the spirit the spirit doesn't go to tomorrow because the spirit knows that we have opportunity here to change tomorrow. So what I would recommend, if anybody can quiet the mind or if they can't quiet the mind, just to look at those thoughts and say, ah, that's very interesting, but you're not welcome here. You're not going to sabotage this beautiful light that I have. You're not welcome here. And then go in and... Listen to the link that I'm going to send you. I could do this for you, but Mavis is one of my most beautiful mentors and teachers, and she does a meditation within this talk that will guide you to a place that I know if you go there and listen, it will change. It will start the stirring, and you'll feel that. I I can almost promise you that. And... Uh, with that, I would just love to hear feedback from people that say, Sandra, you really helped me today. God bless you, sweetheart. Oh, thanks. It, this is really helpful for me, too, as much as we do these interviews. I'm a human being dealing with all of this, too, and I have an ego, and all this is just a wonderful reminder. Glenda, how is this changing your practice obviously you're not going into your church are you able to still do readings from your home on phone or internet or any of that yeah i can do yeah i can do zoom readings i can do uh phone readings and uh, i have people that have been asking and asking and um right now it's it's just very interesting because I'm just getting information from our district. You know, we are 
closing our venues. So a lot of the places that I've rented out, a lot of the workshops that I've put on, of course, they're all postponed now for us. And and that's okay because we're where we need to be. We need to put our priorities straight right now. Right. And so what I'm what I feel is the responsibility because I took some vows. I took some vows to help spread the light of the spirit world. Um, they have helped me so much. I trust them so much in my life that I have promised that because they changed my life so much, I would serve them. And in order to do that, I feel a responsibility to reach out somehow. And I look at the media, and and, and I'm, there's so much there, and there's yes. so much that it's hard to weed through all the opportunist and, and what's real and what's not real mm-hmm. and and what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. But I want to put my, my service, like you have an online service, so I want to offer like little parts of it, you know, maybe five, ten minutes, because I don't want them to be too long. But I want them, I want them to know that they're not forgotten, that we can still connect. Let's connect as a community, as spiritualist community. Let's connect to whoever might need help, you know, and maybe there's some resources that we can direct them to as well. But definitely I will be doing that. We will be thinking of doing online workshops. Mm-hmm. and But right now I think we just need to help change the mindset um, because there's so much materialistic mindset in there that feels that there might not be enough where an actual actual fact is more than enough. You know, right. we just need to know how to how to get out of that place and into a place, a different place. So yeah, that's what I'm I'm hoping to do, and uh, I'll be doing that because I work the three websites. I work uh, not the websites, but the Facebooks, the oh, Universal Brotherhood us. Spiritualist Church. Wait, let's start again. <laughs> I'm writing these down so we can post oh, these. What are the, the Universal Brotherhood Spiritualist Church? Okay. So I do that Facebook page. I do spiritual communications with Glenda McLeod mm-hmm. spiritualist page, and I do Sanchenko Spiritualist Center Facebook page. Oh, wonderful! So you know, and people try to friend me. I have lots of friends, but my friend when they friend me, they don't realize that that's my personal page. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so lots of times I won't I won't respond to the friends request because if I ever go to them in a, in a demonstration of mediumship. I don't want them to think that I I knew something about them. <laughs> you looked on my Facebook page. You could have gotten that. So right, many mediums I, get that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's really important to me is, is that authenticity, right? When you start posting these um, snippets, would you have these on the your Facebook pages? Yes, absolutely. Okay, good, 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 good. Yeah. And, um, again, for anyone listening, if you just look in the description of this episode, I'll have a link to the Facebook pages as well, as well as your website, because there's a contact button there if people want to do want to get in contact with you as well. Yeah, that still works. I, you know, um, I'm I'm not techie like WordPress. I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn Zoom now, like everybody else. Um, I've got the accounts and I've been using it a little bit. But, you know, my Facebook, I don't think, has been updated in five or six years because I don't know how to do it. No problem. But everything works on it. That's just it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Oh, dear. Gosh. But Maybe, Glenda, for people who don't know, just this past Sunday, which is the 29th, myself, 
Carrie McLeod, Philip Dykes, Scott Milligan, and Darren Wynn came together to put on an online spiritualist divine church service. Yeah. Free of charge. Thanks. And labor of love were from, you know, people in Scotland, UK, me here in the United States. And it's free. And it, the, the different thing about spiritualism, of course, there's a sermon and there's a reading and there's music and uh, prayer and, you know, very, very inspiring. We're not um, saying prayers that have been said a thousand times that we don't know the meaning to, but they're very, very inspirational, especially geared to this time right now. But what makes spiritualism different is at the end of the service, there's a medium who does a mediumship demonstration to the congregation. Now, this past week, we had almost 300 people in our Zoom room. So, of course, I'm on the edge of my seat thinking, spirit world, God, make to help help me that this this works. And so the people that were watching on Zoom, you're able to press a hands up button, like a raise your hand. And so Phil was our demonstrating medium. And if you could recognize the communicator from the spirit world, we asked to raise their hand. And so out of the 300 people, it would be two or three people that raised their hand, which told me very, very specific. And then he had to narrow down who was the communicator. And what a beautiful job just sharing evidence from that person's life and shared memories and things that even though it wasn't my loved one that came through. Everybody felt that our loved ones really are around us. So it was just a joyful occasion. And while we're homebound and probably beyond, we're going to keep putting on these Sunday services. So all are welcome. If you want to go to we don't die radio.com, just towards the very top, there's a link to either watch the episode, we the episode, the uh, service we just had, or you can see the different Sundays uh, where the link is to register. And we just ask for your email address simply because you'll get reminders. So, and that's your way to log in as well. So everybody's there. And Glenda, maybe one of these Sundays you can be our guest speaker. Wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't, Wouldn't it be, be lovely? lovely? Because and you did a lovely job. And, and you know, the service is a way of giving back to the spirit mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, the mediumship is not like you would sit in a private reading, but the mediumship is done in a way that it proves evidence of survival. Mm-hmm. And um, Philip did a, a beautiful job. He really did. So, well and, done. Yes. You did too, and Thanks. so did Scott. It was done. It was done lovely. I, I really... I really enjoyed it. Thank More you. to come. We're busy looking for music for the next one and things like that. And it's interesting because there, I've gotten dozens of emails and Facebook messages and things of people that really enjoyed it. But more so than that, it's people that are sitting home alone. And mm-hmm. it's it's making them realize that we're part of a big community right. and to come back. And we're starting to do some online mediumship demonstrations as well. Uh, and there's a cost to those. Uh, everybody, all of us, in fact, even myself, um, I'm not going back to work right now till the end of June because I, I have a day job working, uh, catering for race car teams and everything's off. So um, we'll okay. be doing some things that are free. We'll be doing some things that there's a cost to, but satisfaction is guaranteed. If it's a Sandra Champlain, We Don't Die product, but check out all that at wedontdieradio.com um, if anybody's interested. So, Glenda, we have a few minutes left. Look into that inspirational heart of yours or if there's something going on that you'd like to share um, or just anything you want to say to kind of wrap it up before we say until Mm. we meet again. Okay. 
Thank you, Sandra. So why don't we just take a moment to take a, a breath together and take this beautiful deep breath and know that this energy that we're connected to by the media is energy that will continue on in the media. You can record it. You can listen to it again. What would make you think that the energy of your loved one cannot be heard again, that it doesn't live on? If something so simple as the energy of a telephone call, why not the energy of those beautiful family members and loved ones in the spirit world? And sometimes if you're quiet enough, you might just hear them whisper your name. God bless you all. Thank you for listening and allowing me to to be part of your communication today, Sandra. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Glenda. And thank you to our listener. A couple of just brief announcements that we've got going on. You'll see on the website, We Don't Die Seattle, coming up first weekend of June. Although we have every finger and toe that cross that the uh, world would be such that we can all travel. Um, I'm not pushing that because right now we're kind of waiting and seeing, but we have every hope that th- that continues on and, or it may end up game- being postponed, but we'll wait and see. It's too soon to tell on that. But on our website, we don't die radio. Um, if you join what's called the insiders club, it's really just my email list. You'll receive a free copy of my book. We don't die as well as a very healing audio called how to survive grief. Grief is not always just the death of a loved one. It can also be when we're faced right now with a lot of us out of work, um, a fear of the unknown, a change of our health and so many different things. And it's just to how to navigate what's going on in, in your mind and how to get through it the best you can. Also, there's a, um, on the very top of we don't die radio.com, there's a couple of different links. And one of them says live events. Another one says store. And if you click on store, you'll see that I have the audio book to we don't die my book. It's $20. However, type in the coupon code free F R E E and it'll make it a, a $0 amount, and you can listen to the audiobook for free, and you'll have that for life. Uh, also, if on Facebook, you're welcome to join any of Glenda's pages, as well as if you type in We Don't Die Listeners. It's a group of about 5,000 people that can connect you, and we can be together, and we can talk about this. So that's there for you as well. So once again, I want to say Glenda's Facebook page that I announced at the beginning. I know there are more spiritual connections with Glenda McLeod or her website, spiritual connections with Glenda McLeod.com to get in touch with Glenda. And that's it. I think, oh, just next Friday, depending on when you're listening to this, April 3rd, we're going to be doing a live mediumship demonstration on Zoom. It's going to have Carrie McLeod, Philip Dykes, and doing evidential mediumship. And then also Scott Milligan will be closing his eyes and blending with the spirit world and speaking in the trance state. So that's very interesting. That'll be April 3rd. And then, um, but just, you can find out all this on we don't die radio.com. I won't say anymore. So in closing, thank you to our guest again, Glenda McLeod. It's just always my pleasure to be able to bring you these radio shows 
on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So take some time, ignite your soul, sit with gratitude, um, and connect with others. Lots of love to you wherever you are. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. 